your first hire and every hire you make after that will redefine your culture. And now it's time once again for the show that gives glorious voice to 25 million business owners across the fruited plain. Radio Free Enterprise with Frank Felker. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you, Dude Walker. Yes, indeed. I am Frank Felker. Welcome back to Radio Free Enterprise. On today's show, we're going to do something completely different. I have two guests joining me to talk about one topic, and that topic is attracting, retaining, and developing top talent into your business. My first guest is a first-time entrepreneur, Curtis Marshall, the owner of DC.Rentals, a small but rapidly growing residential property management firm based out of Alexandria, Virginia. Curtis, welcome to the program. Thanks a lot, Frank. Happy to be here. My other guest is a veteran entrepreneur. Brian Philco is president of Jetco Delivery in Houston, Texas, and the author of Driving to Perfection, Achieving Business Excellence by Creating a Vibrant Culture. Brian Philco, welcome back to Radio Free Enterprise. Thank you, Frank. It's great to be back. I really appreciate it. I want to describe to our listeners what it is we're going to be talking about. Several months ago, I had the opportunity to interview Brian about this topic of his book of creating a culture and the impact that it can have on the bottom line of every business. And it seemed like as we were going along over and over again, the topic came back to attracting and keeping the right people in your business. Says people create the culture. And of course, management is the fifth M of the six M's of the M cube that I write about. And I recently had the opportunity to talk with Curtis Marshall about a challenge that he's currently facing that faces every entrepreneur when they first start out in business, which is bringing on that first employee. And then by extension, what you learn through that process is going to help you to bring on your entire team and build that team going forward. And it just struck me that here we have, or I have the acquaintance of Brian Philco, a veteran entrepreneur, recruiter for his businesses, uh, cheerleader for his businesses, management expert. And at the other end, I, I have this relationship with Curtis Marshall. And I thought, you know, I bet Brian could really help Curtis out. So as you're listening to this program, whatever uh, number of employees you have from zero to 100, I hope that you'll try to put yourself in, in Curtis's shoes right now and think about what it's like when you're making that decision to hire on your first person. We're going to ask Curtis to speak to the challenges he's facing right now and then try to integrate in Brian's experience into it. And I think we'll all get a lot out of it. Curtis, I'd like to start with you. If you would describe the problem that you're facing, um, particularly what I have in mind is what you told me about how your business has grown so rapidly and, and is expanding at the point where you simply can no longer be that one man band. You're going to have to start bringing in people to do production, administration work and so forth. But right now you're just facing that aspect of bringing in the first person, the first employee. Tell me, tell me how you're feeling and tell me the thoughts that are going through your mind relative to that. Well, thanks, Frank. I'm, I'm actually really excited about this conversation. After we spoke, I was able to listen to your, uh, your earlier interview with Brian, and I'm excited to be able to connect this idea and this issue that I have with this concept of culture. Uh, so a, a quick recap of, of the, the issue that I'm facing is kind of like, like you said, I'm about a year into the business. Um, I'm doing property 
property management. The business has gone very well. Um, I have about 20 properties now. I'm just at a point that it's relatively sustainable. I'm able to, I'm making money. Um, I, I don't have any debt. Everything is going pretty well, but I am starting to be overwhelmed. I'm taking time away from my family, uh, taking time away from my hobbies, and, and the business has really started to become all-consuming. So I need to, to bring somebody on. But the issue that I'm facing and, and what we talked about and the reason that I, I'm kind of questioning and needing some advice is because bringing somebody on is going to take me from a place that I am, I'm, I'm making good money and it's sustainable for me and my family to a place where I'm going to come up short. There's going to be a financial shortfall as I bring someone on with the intent to be able to grow with that at least one additional person, obviously more people in the future, but with that additional person to be able to grow to a place that is sustainable and beyond as I continue to grow my company. And, and I realize that there's going to be a gap. It may be a, a few months gap. It may be a year or two years gap, but trying to figure out how to navigate that, especially when it comes to finding the right person so that I don't make a mistake and put all my eggs into the basket of this person who happens to to fail or to struggle or to not be able to meet my needs. And then I have to go back to the drawing board and start all over again. So I'd love to hear your insight on that, Brian. And then uh, a couple questions later, really curious about how to, to build a proper culture to be able to bring someone in that meets the, the values and, and demands of my particular business. Brian, before you get started, I just have a quick question for Curtis, and then I'll turn it back over to you. When you say there's going to be a gap, Curtis, you mean that uh, financial gap that paying the salary of this employee is going to require you to pay yourself less money? Exactly. And enough less that it's not going to be sustainable for me in the Personally. long term. And so I'm exactly. So I'm mm. going to have to take a risk with this additional person and have some concerns on, on making sure that I bring on the right person that can rapidly grow with the business and I can be back, you know, to a place that's personally sustainable for me as a right now a solopreneur, but soon to be kind of uh, expanding that. So Brian, what kind of suggestions can you give him as far as whether it, he's right to to put so much pressure on himself regarding this uh, first hire or how he can find the right person. And there's a whole wide range of areas that I'm sure you could offer him advice on. Sure. I mean, you know, make, making your first hire is, is a huge leap and it, it, it's, it's scary, but it's also wonderful because, you know, it, it shows that your company is growing. And uh, as an entrepreneur, you, you know that your work is never done and that sometimes you do, you do have to take a short-term step backwards financially to move forward uh, long term. But some things I would think about to mitigate that is I would kind of define what does my ideal new hire look like? In other words, I might be asking, okay, I'm in the property management business. Is there anybody I know um, that has a book of business, you know, where they could come and they could, they could both help you and build your business, but maybe they've got accounts, maybe they've got enough experience where um, uh, you know they, they could they could contribute right away by by building the overall company because they they've got their own book and they've got their own relationships. The the other thing I would ask on on the complete flip side is what kind of person do you need? I mean there there's people out there um, who you know you know young people people coming out of school that that really need experience and so you could also look at maybe mitigating your your expenses. 
by by bringing somebody in and part of what you're going to do is pay them salary but part of what you're going to do is 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 give them training and and give them a help them build a skill set in in your field so i kind of look at on both ends is is there somebody out there that could help me fuel the company because of their experience maybe they're working for a big company and they want to they'd rather be with somebody like you in a more entrepreneurial setting but if the skills demanded you know our our skills that you can train as opposed to somebody that has to come in with this resume i would should be looking on the more junior end of the curve and saying all right i'll bring this person along but i don't need to bring somebody in at, at a salary that's going to make me uncomfortable um you know you, you you've got it in my mind you, if, if the company is the way you describe it and by the way congratulations i mean it's every entrepreneur's dream to get to this level um i, I think Thanks. you've got to you, you've got to make the hire it's just a matter of how can you mitigate your risk and and and, and not have that situation where you're carrying somebody because I, i think carrying somebody to a loss for for as you described a couple of years is too long um and i, I would look for ways to to, to mitigate that loss um and, and and still but but still you know leverage the company and grow the company right i have a couple of questions if i may uh one is uh how many more properties would you have to bring on once this person is hired in order to get you back to the same level of income you're personally making right now Um that's a great question. Realistically, it would probably be somewhere near 50. So I'm around 20 right now at about 50 because with with a single hire in in this line of work isn't exactly a single hire. It comes along with a lot of other contractors that need to be hired and you know other not employees but other kind of uh contractors and subcontractors to be able to do some of the work and so as the whole thing expands there becomes more overhead kind of across the board so i'd say i'd have to go from about 20 to about 50 properties in order to uh be able to bring that person on and and the reason i mentioned a couple years is because at at the well at the current pace i can probably at, be at 50 in about a year to a year and a half Now what I don't know is how much more exponential I can grow the business if I'm able to bring this person on. I would hope that it would be much faster than I can do it alone, but that part is is kind of where the unknown is. The other thing and I think this is part of what I was hoping you could help us with Brian is he could hire a junior person at a low rate of salary, but the real question comes back to the culture to that person to their ethics to their energy to their you know them being somebody he can count on to do a great job for him while he's making this personal financial sacrifice he might hire cheap but end up you know being penny wise and pound foolish how do you think as far as looking for lower level income people how can he do a better job of finding somebody who's got the right ethics and the right drive well let me let me start by asking a question um Curtis is your ideal hire is it somebody that's, that that that's got the skill set hits the ground running maybe has their own book of business or are you looking at somebody that you can train and bring along um describe for me what what the ideal looks like and then I think I can answer that question 
Sure. So the ideal for me is is definitely more the latter than the former, Mo- mostly because if I bring somebody on that, you know, already has a portfolio of some kind or already has experience, for one, it's going to cost more. And uh, for two, they're going to kind of want to call the shots. I'm a, I'm a relatively new entrepreneur. I've only been doing this uh, full time for six months. I was in the Air Force before that. And so for me right now, I'm, I'm really enjoying calling the shots. Um, so so I'd like to bring what I'd really like to do is bring somebody on that I can that I can train and really that complements the skill set that I have. So I I've done a really um, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm I'm good at making deals. I'm good at finding new properties. I'm good at expanding the business, but I've struggled with the administrative side of things, the bookkeeping side of things, and I'd love to bring somebody on that could handle that, but would still be bought into the vision of where the company's going and not just be, you know, a data entry type person. Um, so that's kind of the balance that I'm looking for. Are you, okay, but are you looking for a, somebody on the admin and the bookkeeping side or are you looking for somebody to actually do the property management itself so you can go out and grow the business? It, it's kind of a combination of the two. And honestly, I mean, if I could have both of those, I would love it. At the moment, I need the admin side more than anything else, because even the actual management of the properties I can do, but I would love to have somebody to do both so that I can just focus on growing the business. I feel like that's a third person um, and not a second person, but uh, I could be wrong. Well, all right. Um, you know, and now as you hire, your, your first hire and every hire you make after that will help, will, will redefine your culture. Your culture, which is which is the convergence of having the right people and the right process working in harmony, changes every time you bring somebody new in. So starting the right way ensures that you're going to continue to do things the right way. Um, I, I would I would kind of advise a, a couple things when you when you're interviewing a person. Um, first of all, don't ask questions that can be answered with um, a yes or no. In other words, ask questions that can that begin with how, you know, what, why. Okay. Um, a- ask questions about what, you know, where where do you see yourself in five years? I mean, I mean, pe- people will kind of share what, what their vision are. If they say, well, I don't know, then, then that tells you that's something that might be drifting. But, but, it does. But, somebody that, but somebody that might say, you know, I see myself, you know, being your second in command as we take this company and grow it, you've got somebody that's got the entrepreneurial mindset. But be careful you don't ask um, closed-end questions. The other thing I'd like you to consider is ask situational questions. So, for example, you know, tell me the last time you disagreed with a coworker. How did you resolve it? What was the outcome? Because no matter how good of a person you hire, you're going to have disagreements. In fact, I think that's part of a healthy relationship is to have those disagreements. So ask it right up front is, is um, conflict resolution, stress management. Um, you know, uh, if they were ever placed in a situation where, for example, maybe they were asked to compromise their integrity, either, either overtly or covertly, how do they sure. handle it? You know, in other words, especially because you told me that you're, you need somebody that can help you on the admin and help you so you can grow the business. You're going to be trusting them with finances. You're going to be trusting them with, with a lot of the business. So I, I would, I would want to find the right fit 
and, and you, you made it kind of clear that you're not looking for that seasoned veteran. You're willing to teach. Um, yeah, so, so, so I think it's even more important to find somebody that's got the, that shares your values. And again, your values are, are your values, right? It's not, it's not right, wrong, or indifferent. They are what they are. You need somebody that lines up with your values and for your vision as the company grows of, of the values of the company. Um, the, the last thing you want to do is ha- have a mismatch there because nothing, right. nothing else matters if that's not lined up. Let me, if you don't mind, let me ask a quick question um, in regards to that. So I, um, in reading through your bio, I saw that you, that you bought Jetco. I don't know exactly what size it was uh, when you purchased it. Um, and being in the Air Force, I'm very, very familiar with kind of molding an already existing culture to fit something that, that is improved, trying to improve a culture that already exists. Um, the, the quandary that I'm kind of facing, especially before I make this first hire, is what, what would be your advice as to how to create a culture that I am inviting somebody into? I mean, I can ask them all these questions and they can come in and then we can sort of just wing it and sort of figure it out together. But but how would you advise for me to, to if it's not a pre-existing culture, how do I create a culture for that first person? I mean, it's, it's if there's 10 employees, then it makes sense. You can kind of create a culture that makes sense. But for that first hire, how do you create a culture and invite them into it. Well, you, you're already creating it, and, and you began to create it the day you um, uh, opened for business, because okay. people, people because people are doing business with you right now. And wh- why would I do business with you over you know a lot of your competitors? Well, it's because you're doing something different. You're bringing something unique to the table. Right, um, makes sense. And and the entrepreneur's challenge, and, and God knows I've faced this, is as you grow, how do you how do you ensure that the company continues to do that, kind of to to, to leverage and execute on your secret ingredient, and and not lose it as you grow? So the right time to talk about it is right now when you make your first hire. Um, I, I wouldn't, especially at this stage, I wouldn't get too fancy or too formal, but I would write down on a piece of paper before um, be, before my first interview. Here's who I am. Here's here's what I've done. Here's my here are my personal values. Yeah. Um, he, here here's my vision for the company, and and, and, and share it. I mean I, I mean kind of share a one page, um, personal mission statement or personal slash company mission statement to let to let me as the candidate know who you are, what you stand for, what are your values. I mean coming from the military, and I love hiring people from the military because. Really, you know, military is so process focused. That's what a lot of uh, entrepreneurs like us sometimes miss is we hire the right people, but we don't have the process. There's not a uniform way of doing things. And all right. of a sudden, we, we all of a sudden we wind up. It's like we're herding cats. So because yeah. you've got this because you've got this background, you've got this opportunity to get it right the first time. Use what you learned in the military, which is that. Nothing works without the right people and the right process. So, you know, again, at this at, at the company size here, we don't need a big process manual. We need to go out and build the business. But to have a one pager that lets lets a candidate know, and 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 what that ought to do is it ought to lead to very very rich discussion in, in the interview process. You'll be able to determine whether whether you're lined up or not. Okay, that's good. I'd like to. Uh ask a question also of you, Brian. 
I, I really appreciate what you're saying. It, you know, he's got a culture going on right now by the way that he does things. And, and it's evident in how many people have been attracted to do business with him. But relative to this position, and even though it sounds like this person is going to be head cook and bottle washer, this new uh, person coming in, how important would you say it is to have a detailed job description that tells this hire what's expected of them and what success looks like? Yeah, I, I would. I, I think it's critical um, because you may not find the person that's going to cover all of your all of your bases. I mean, you may find somebody who's operationally good and can take the project management so that you can go grow the business, or you may find that that admin. I mean, but it, to me, it would be hard to think I could find a good property manager who's also a bookkeeper. Um, right. And you know, I mean, again, without knowing anything about your business, the thing I would you can buy you can buy bookkeepers fractionally. You can buy their time fractionally. So do you really need a full time bookkeeper and a full time admin, or is that something you 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 hire out for a day a week, um, and you you focus on on the guts of the business? But no matter what you do, um, the job description I, I like to call it a position profile. When I think of a job description, I think of um, you know here here's. The, the technical skills, you know, the technical skills are X, Y, and Z. And, and that's important to spell out. But you also need to spell out, um, you know, the, the, key, the key skills and key behaviors that are required. Um, you know, is, is, is the person need to be customer centric? Um, you know, the, the key values that the person has to bring to the table. And also, even though I know it's early, what are the key performance measures? In other words, if I'm a new employee, whether I'm coming to you or I'm coming to a Fortune 100 company, I want to know what am I going to be measured on? What, what's the criteria for me to understand that I'm doing a good job, that I've got a career here, I've got a career path here? So I would, in, in, in that job description slash position profile, the, the technical functions of the job, got to have. Um, the, 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 the key performance, the, the, the key traits, the behavioral traits, the personal traits, got to have that. Um, and then, then, and then the performance measures, how am I going to, how am I as the owner, uh, and, and president of the company going to measure you and what are the standards we're going to measure against? Because the earlier you can establish those standards, the more you can get people, um, to behave and execute along those measures. Uh, the biggest problem I see is you hire a good employee and you give them no guidance. They have no, no idea what's really expected of me. And then we get frustrated because they're not doing what we expect, but how can you hold them accountable if you never told them? Right. That's exactly the kind of thing I was thinking about. Uh, it's really clear, uh, really important to make clear to this person, Curtis, what's expected of them and how they're going to be evaluated in terms of how well they matched up with those expectations. Another question I'd like to put to you, Brian, is how about even though this is, you know, he's at this nascent level of development of his company, can you give him any advice relative to onboarding this person and getting them from being a complete outsider to the business to being a, an integral part of the business as quickly as possible? Yeah, I mean, don't assume that because a person has the technical skills and did the and did the same job across the street, don't assume that means they know how to do it your way. Um, right. 
So what I tend to do, and this this is just kind of my my, my personal uh, approach, because um, is I, I tend to manage new hires that report to me very closely, um, and then gradually back off. So we may you know we may have um, daily meetings or maybe a morning check in, afternoon check in. Um, because you got to think uh, about orientation and integration is two different things. Now, I know this may not be quite applicable to your company, but as you grow, it will be. Orientation to me is, you know, most companies get it right or they get it sort of right. It's that one-day, two-day program, maybe that week-long program that, that brings the company in and brings the employee in. That pales compared to integration. Integration can take six months or a year. That's how you really get the employee into your culture, into your DNA. Now, you probably don't have to worry about that as much because it's going to be just you and this new hire for a while. So right. I would be I would be focusing on building that relationship uh, with him or her, getting to know that new hire um, as a person, the human being first, and then as an employee. Get to know what makes them tick. Um, and you've got that luxury. And quite frankly, it's a luxury that the more you grow, the less you're going to have other than with your direct reports. So I would start by building that, that, that personal bond. Now, look, I'm not saying you've got to be best friend. That, that's not what I'm saying. Right. What I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that, you know, you've got to know something about the person individually. So you kind of know what makes, makes them tick. And, and, and then you've got to have professional, uh, uh, relationship too. You have both of those. What I tend to do is I try to establish that early on. And then as I trust the person, and that's just that's just subject that's completely subjective. As I trust the person, I tend to back off and give them more and more room. And then I can go back and focus on, you know, what I need to to grow the business. So I I really I really it works for me. It works for me to manage closely and then back off as, as trust builds. And it works for me to get to know the employee as a human being first and an employee second. And that, 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 build, that builds a bond that will pay off very well in the business. That's great stuff, Brian. Is there anything else? I mean, we're running a little tight on time, and I appreciate the time you've shared with us, Brian. Is there anything else that we haven't uh, asked you about that you think is a critical component for Curtis to keep in mind as he's hiring this first person. I would just take it back to the um, beginning, and you know, when when Curtis talked about you know the concern about the new hire setting him back, uh, I just want to tell you that those fears and those concerns never go away. I mean, my, you know, my my company has grown. Um, trust me, I have those fears every day when, when we make a we make a move and you may not always get it right. And, and I know it's kind of commonplace when um, you tell an entrepreneur, don't, don't be afraid to fail. Um, you know, and to me, it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta ready, aim, fire. And if it doesn't work, remember, you're not signing a lifelong contract with this person. So, right. you, you know, you need, you give yourself room. Um, you you got to take the risk. I, I, I think, People think entrepreneurs like us are, you know, kind of these blind risk takers. Actually, may, maybe some are. I'm not. I mean, they're calculated risks. But, but, but what's your downside? You know, the, the way I kind of manage my own fears is what's my downside? If I'm making a long-term 
capital decision and it blows up, I've got a downside. I've got this piece of capital around my neck. On the other hand, if I'm doing what you're doing, which is making a hire, and it doesn't work out, look, it's 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 never fun to let somebody go. Okay. But you but right. your downside is your downside is you can cut your losses really fast and, and find a hire that works out better or decide to not hire for for a while and keep it uh, a one-person show. I mean, with the success you're already having, um, I would I, I just don't see that happening. Um, but just don't be don't be afraid to jump in there. The the other thing is this is never you know when you hire somebody and this took me a long time to learn. You know when I look at I look at my strengths and weaknesses. I always focus on my weaknesses and I always focus on you know if I could do this better this better. But over time. I've learned to hire people that complement my weaknesses. They fill in the gap so mm-hmm. I can play to my strengths. So d- don't worry about all the things you're not good at. Worry about the things you are good at. In your case, it sounds like it's rainmaking. It's business development. Mm-hmm. And the more you can focus on that, the more you hire people to take care of what you exactly what you need to, which is the administrative side. But I, I, d- fear is natural. Uh, and, and, you know, it's it's something I live with every every single day, and I think most entrepreneurs do. But just make sure you know your downside, and make sure you have a plan B. But then hire people that will let you get that that property base from twenty to fifty, because I I bet you can do it. But you need the people to compensate for the admin stuff so you can do it properly. Right. That's good. That's good advice. That's great stuff, Brian. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and experience with us. My pleasure. And thank you, Curtis, for allowing us to put you on the hot seat, young man. <laughs> well, thank you both very much. I really appreciate just the time to be able to to learn from two, two seasoned vets in the entrepreneurial space. Um, it's a new process for me, but uh, but learning from you guys is is invaluable. So thank you very much. Thank you to Curtis Marshall, and thanks to Brian Filco. And thank you for listening. Now, here's what we need to do next. You need to head over to the iTunes store and subscribe to the Radio Free Enterprise podcast. While you're there, why not leave us a glowing review and a five-star rating? I ain't saying nothing. I'm just saying. Then head on back to RadioFreeEnterprise.com and register with the site so you can stay on top of all the exciting happenings here at RFEHQ. If you promise to do that, I promise to remain your fearless host, Frank Felger. Until next time, I'll see you on the radio. Cisco had Poncho. All you have is Frank. Maybe you should try a little harder. Radio Free Enterprise. Enterprise.